I'm Deontay Burton, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Hamadou Diallo. Hey, I'm Danilo Gallinari. I'm Chris Paul, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Luke Dort, and I'm down to Dort. What's Dort? I, I'm not gonna lie, I don't know what that was. In English, bro. I'm Darius Baisley, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Shake Gilles Alexander. I'm Steven Adams. I'm Andre Robertson, and I'm down to dunk. Yeah. On you. Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm your host, Andrew Schleck. We're part of CLNS Media and DailyThunder.com. Me today is my good friend, Alex Spears. Alex, what's up? Night pod! We're doing a Get night ready pod. for a night pod. Woo! Night pod with the Thunder winning in Oklahoma City, 102-94. to uh, SGA led the way. With 24 points, two assists, three rebounds, three of five from three. Uh, another great night from SGA. He, man, he's so impressive in so many ways. His his ability to start and stop and kind of freeze his defender and find angles to the basket just continues to surprise me because he does it in such creative ways. Yeah, and the fact that he's shooting such a high percentage, like what do you shoot tonight, like nine for 13? Yeah, 9 of 14. 9 of 14. He just gets to the basket so easily, and it's not like he's not taking threes, you know? Yeah. Like, he's he's been averaging about almost five threes a game mm-hmm. in the early part of the season. He shot five tonight, hit three of them. Like, he is just an efficiency machine, Andrew. <laughs> I know. <laughs> he's just like the total NBA smart guy, just embodied. How do you right feel here. about that? And paired with CP3, a classic NBA smart guy. I know, man. It's and Gallinari. Oh my god! And Gallinari. We have the smartest team <laughs> in the league. <laughs> it's they were really good tonight, and they were great, especially in I would say the first quarter, mm-hmm. especially the first half of the first quarter. Yeah, when it was the starters, that was probably the best the offense has looked all year. They that, were awesome. That and the, I guess around the four minute mark of the fourth quarter, they were just finding baskets. That's when yeah. uh, Adams got a dunk. Uh, Shea had a made a corner three that was wide open. I mean, they were finding really, really good shots. Uh, Adams found Chris Paul under the basket for like this little floater. I mean, it was. They were just finding the right shot and it was it was just really an a fun watch because the magic the magic are they're a weird team man uh i don't feel like did you feel like anybody on the magic played well tonight no i felt like i don't even know what what did vucevic put up yeah i didn't even notice vucevic 10 and 11 Jeez, like the only player i noticed was jonathan isaac because he had some really impressive blocks I like Isaac um, a lot, but he's a complimentary player at this point in his career. I mean, they shot 39% from the field tonight, 13% from three. Yeah. I mean, the only thing that kept them in this game is that they were 27 of 31 from the free throw line. Uh, and they shot <laughs> that's a lot of free throws. Um, and they made a ton of them. And that's what kept them in this game. Because otherwise, I mean, Vucevic was 4-15, Fultz Marco Fultz was he's five of ten. That's fine. Evan Fournier missed every shot from the field. Which, yes, because that it felt like he did when I was watching the game. I was like, man, like he can't buy a bucket in like the O of seven 
is picture perfect for Fournier. He was awful tonight. Uh, they just struggled. And then DJ Augustine, who comes off the bench now, 3 of 10. Uh, and then he had 13 points, but that was buoyed by getting to the free throw line. So uh, great, think th- about, great uh, thunder win, man. They, think they about really those good. Magic fans. Those Magic fans who, you know, last year they went to the playoffs. I know. Probably feeling pretty hyped. They f- probably feel some pressure going into the season. You know, and they're watching this game all stressed out. We're just kicking back, <laughs> relaxing, watching our guys just ping that ball around the court. <laughs> it's true. And there was some magic hype heading into the season that there I was that it didn't I didn't quite understand. I just couldn't quite get there. Uh and tonight is is has got to be just such a disappointing night for yeah, for magic. It, it was weird because they I guess you could say like maybe Aaron Gordon can make a jump, but it still feels like Jonathan Isaac's another year away from yeah. even making his jump. Markel Fultz, like he's been way better than expected, but still you're thinking like two, three years down the road when like we get the full Markel Fultz experience. So I didn't get that either because it was basically the same team plus Al Farouk Amino, <laughs> who, I kept, who I kept thinking was Kawhi Leonard tonight because oh. he has the same number and he has cornrows. And his, they're a similar height. His hair is bad. I don't know. His I, hair's always been bad, though. It's true. That's true. His, yeah. His beard. He what? has like that. Well, he has the Paul Pierce beard. He does. Why is he on this team? I don't know. And I was, I was worried that they weren't going to be able to even find him minutes because I was like, well, they. I'm assuming they want to play Bamba. They're going to play Vooch a lot. Jonathan Isaac, Aaron Gordon. Turns out they're just going to play Gordon at the three. He's yeah. never going to be what he should be. Mm-mm. Yeah, and you know who could use Amino? Uh, friends right down the road from me, Portland Trailblazers. The Blazers. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, they need him badly. And he's, <laughs> it's just hilarious. Like, Amino is somehow a luxury on a mediocre Magic team. <laughs> so, I know. And th- he could like instantly step in to Portland and be playing like 35 minutes a night right now. Yeah, and help them a ton. Yes, I've been a competent NBA player. We're actually, did you know, I was just looking at the standings. We are tied right now with the Blazers. Yeah, that's just, that's, that's just sad. Uh, I do want to mention, one of our sponsor for tonight, betonline.ag, there was a game the Blazers played last night against the Warriors that seemed like a sure bet. Oh, that, man, yeah. That you would put uh, your, your $50 or your $55 minimum deposit and put it all on the Blazers, right? <laughs> You didn't do this, did you? I did not do this. I did not do this. But I would have been very tempted to because the Warriors are really, really bad. Um, But with the NBA season underway, you can do this. I wouldn't wouldn't bet on the Blazers right now, but you can find better teams to bet on at betonline.ag. You can go use the promo code CLNS50 to receive your welcome bonus. Uh, Tons of NBA action that you can bet on. so go check out betonline.ag and support the people that support down to dunk. And, and the worst part about that game was there were tweets right before it about how uh, Lillard was like mad that they had moved from Oakland, you know? Yeah. And, and some reporters were, were tweeting out like, I think Dame's got a message <laughs> for <laughs> Oakland tonight. Like anticipating this huge game from Lillard. And it made sense because it was like, 
well, it was going to be Eric Pascal, and then he goes out and scores like 34 points. Yeah, and it it was Eric Pascal. It was, it turned out. <laughs> so, this is all over ESPN. It's on like almost every single ESPN platform that talks about the NBA now, is the Gallinari to the Blazers trade rumor, which makes it feel like it will certainly not happen, because it makes way too much sense for yeah, both sides. Yeah, good luck. I used to only want a first-round pick. Now I want more, Andrew. I know. He's too good. He He's good. He's very good. He didn't even good. shoot it that well tonight, but he just he helps the offense so much because he can get his own shot. Yeah. He defended with a shoe for an entire possession with a shoe in his hand. He did. You know what, you know what I realized during this game? Danilo Gallinari is what I thought Carmelo Anthony was going to be. Dude, like, it... If Melo was this good, they would I mean they would have won, they would have easily beaten the Jazz. Uh and and two, this that team might still be here. I mean, honestly, like that could be a real thing. Like all yeah. those guys still could be here. God, he would have been the perfect player for those teams. Yes. <sighs> the problem is like acquiring him at the time would have been like you're not getting him for Cantor and McBuckets. That's true. So, I mean, <laughs> I would that, agree. <laughs> wasn't that was not going to happen? Uh, so, and and you may have a better pulse on this than I do, but what's like what's a realistic trade from the Blazers to the Thunder? Because I mean, I you can put together a lot of different things. I like can do Kent Bazemore and Gallinari and a future first, right? Like that's a that's an easy one. Thunder save yeah. money, get under the luxury tax, get a future pick, done. Um, but you said you want more. What what more could be included here that you think is fair? Oh, I don't know what they could include. But I don't know. Like one, because Bazemore seems like the most obvious piece. But on the other hand, like they kind of need Bazemore. Like they, they don't really have... And Bazemore's not even a three, but that's he's like their closest amalgamation of a three. Right. And so I, I can't imagine them giving up a wing. I feel like you're just, yes, Gallo's better than Bazemore, but you're just creating another problem somewhere else. Mm-hmm. So I, if I were them, would try to sell the Thunder on taking back Whiteside. Okay. Because you can get cheap centers. Yeah. They could go sign some random guy, some random center off the trash heap, mm-hmm. and, and he could play. So that's less of a concern. So you do Whiteside with a first, with Little, because obviously they're not going to do Simons. And I don't even know if I really want Little, but it's just the only other thing to add on Yeah, that's mildly interesting for uh, Gallo and Robertson. Yeah. So they get off all that money at the end of the year anyways. The reason you have to add on Robertson is because then it makes it we end up saving like four million. Mm-hmm. So it gets us under the luxury tax pretty cleanly, and then I think you just buy out Whiteside. Yeah, do do not let that dude wear a Thunder jersey. Or, or you do Nerlens and Whiteside mm-hmm. at the same time. Yeah, in the second unit. <laughs> Oh, I thought you meant you throw New Orleans in the trade. No, nope, um, playing them at the same time. <laughs> is there is there any chance the Blazers would include Zach Collins in a trade? I don't think so. I don't think it so doesn't either. make. Uh, uh, yeah, I don't think it makes any sense. 
What if you did Gallinari and and Ferguson for Bazemore and Zach Collins? I mean, yeah, I I would I'd, I'd do that. Wait, are we getting a pick back, or or Zach Collins is our pick? Um, I think Zach Collins is the pick. Mm. I don't know. Like, I, I've been struggling. I'm, just, I'm, I'm saying, like, from the Blazers' perspective, is that interesting enough to them? Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, for this season, it would be, mm-hmm. and it, it does feel like there's a lot of pressure on them this season. But. Yeah, I would try to be getting rid of my first before I got rid of Zach Collins. Yeah, and I've I been thinking too. about this. What do you think? Because we're so far away from being like the next version of the Thunder. Yeah. And so in my head, I've been thinking, oh, we either need to get draft picks or trade for young guys on rookie scale deals. But I'm wondering, like, it would really have to be like the perfect young guy, like a combination of youth and like a really high upside Mm -hmm. because I don't know if it's worth it just trading for random, like decent, like I think Zach Collins is already good Mm -hmm. and he's, he's going to get paid when he's a restricted free agent in like two years. Mm -hmm. Like, is that really what you want to trade for? But he's not going to be a superstar. Like, I don't think his ceiling's that high. No, so I don't know. So I don't even know if I want to trade for those type of guys, even though normally I would say, yeah, obviously you would want, Zach Collins and the Blazers should want Zach Collins. But for this version of the Thunder, when I'm thinking like four to five years down the road, I'm cool with paying whatever Shea needs when he's a restricted free agent. Yeah. But I don't want to bring a bunch of young guys on this team that you're going to have to overpay in restricted free agency. Yeah. And that's why to me, like the trade between these two teams, if it's going to happen, is Gallo for Bazemore straight up with a first round pick. 2022 is the preferable year. 2022 or after would be the preference. Yeah, maybe that's how you get it. Because I've been thinking this whole time, oh, we'll just trade for their 2020 pick. Which doesn't get you that excited. No, I wouldn't want that pick. I wouldn't want that one. I'd want 2022 or after. And, you know, if you're the Blazers, you may be more willing to do that now yeah because then you could still use if you could if you trade 2022 you could still trade your 2020 pick with white side for something else too because they're locked in oh they're locked in oh yeah and it's a good team and if you paired if you had a front line of nurkic healthy nurkic and gallo yeah that'd be great that'd be great what a great team and if you could find a wing i don't even know what wings are even available at this point um, uh, do we consider Mike Muscala a wing? Could we convince them uh, he's a wing? <laughs> he's a he's a wing. He's a, <laughs> a little chicken wing. Um, man, he's he's just really struggling. I mean, just it's, just like visibly struggling. I almost wish he hadn't hit the one three this season because it because <laughs> then it'd be a little more fun. Because then we could we'd be counting each time like oh I always missed this many in a row. Yeah, but now but like at this point I don't even remember when he hit that one three and it's screwing up everything. It's not as fun to say he's one of nineteen now. It'd be cool to just say he's missed twenty shots in a row. <laughs> one of nineteen is still pretty crazy though. Is that what it's at? I don't even know if it's one of nineteen or one of twenty now. I think it's one of nineteen. Because it was 18 before. Uh, and he only took one shot. Uh, Steven Adams. Looked like Steven Adams again. 
I would argue it looked even like super Steven Adams. Specifically, the play I'm thinking of is that block he had against the backboard. Yeah. That looked like a play – that didn't look like a Steven Adams play. I don't feel like – I mean, he's not a big blocks guy anyways. Mm-hmm. But I don't remember him just like getting up that high to pin a ball against the backboard. I know. He was – he looked more agile. He looked more with it. He was making quicker decisions. He was doing everything that we knew he could do that in the, in the first five games were like, what is up with him? Like, what's going on? Because he's slow. He looks like he's overthinking everything. He won't jump. He's not doing anything at all. Uh, and then he had the knee contusion, sat out for a while, came back, and was like, oh, okay, he's back. Like, he, he looked a lot better. And he didn't score the ball a ton. He only shot the ball seven times. Uh, but he's five of seven from the field. 11 and 11, three assists, one block, uh, only one turnover, and one foul. He was great tonight in a plus 10. Uh, so, I mean, the concerns that people had about Steven Adams, I mean, I I just, I mean, I, you could just sit back and watch him and say, like, there's something up. <laughs> there's something up with him. And I don't know that he's, like, com- completely better, or, but I, it is encouraging to see him uh, back on the court and looking more like himself, four offensive rebounds tonight, uh, and making sound decisions quickly. So, uh, yeah, I and, thought that was encouraging. And uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, because I don't really remember, but my memory is correct. They didn't throw like a low post pass to him until very late in the game. I think it was like in the third quarter. With like six minutes left, that's that was the first time I was like, "Oh, there's there's that those plays that they were doing in the preseason and early in the regular season." Mm-hmm. But it seemed like tonight there was a much more of a focus of like giving him the ball in the high post and letting guys basically run back and forth around him while he did like handoffs and stuff, which I really liked. Yeah, and they were doing that earlier in the season too. He was just bad at it. <laughs> <laughs> tonight he was not. Well, it looked good tonight. He did, yeah. He looked good tonight. And he was also catching the ball in the roll. Um, he had that alley-oop from Shea, which it's, it just warms my heart to see Shea and Steven having some chemistry out there. Uh, he he looked great. So I think that's really encouraging. And I think that's what, you know, that's, that's the difference in a game like this. You know, and that's the difference in a game like they lost to the Wizards, is that, when you have a good Steven Adams who's setting really good screens, I remember multiple times watching him set screens where he's just like physically just stopping the defender. I mean, he's he's a he's very good at these little things that he does, and a lot of people be like, ah, oh, eleven, eleven, you know, that's not even that. His season average from last year, like he's wasn't that good tonight. All right, like, watch, just watch the game. Like, go go watch him play. Like, he did a lot of Steven Adams things tonight. And he was much better, and I think that he helped this team win. Because uh, there's a, there's some people turning on Steven and turning toward Nerlens, saying like, "Oh, Nerlens is a better player. Nerlens can do a lot more than Steven can." It's like, oh, okay, like that's a, no, no, no. Like, please don't, please don't do this. Uh, and also, Steven's like the a best very good ver- player. The best version of this team has both of those guys playing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Exactly. It was there's just so much more depth. Like tonight, Muscala. Only had to play four minutes. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if this had anything to do with it. The Steve was back. Oh, it had to do with uh, that Ferguson was back. That Nader played nothing. He was DNP. That's great. Coach's so, decision. Fan's decision, I would say. <laughs> fan's decision. That's, that's where he should be. 
Yeah, because, I mean, you look at the bench, the guys that played a bulk of the minutes, uh, Schroeder, Diallo, basically played 24 minutes tonight. I thought he's he's kind of just an adventure, I guess, would be the uh, the way the way to describe Darius right now. Yeah, there were court. two... There were two sequences that were great. One in the first half when he he hit a three, then he immediately got a steal, mm-hmm. and then Shea hit a three, and then Shea did one of his like herky jerky get into the rim moves. Yeah, and then later in the game when he did one of his drives, basically did one of his classic drives, which honestly, like I should probably hate them as much as I hate Nader's drives, but they're they're just more fun. There's something about them that I enjoy. Because I don't know that they're going to turn out bad yet. But this one, he had a spin move that looked good, and he found himself immediately under the backboard. <laughs> and the, and he threw the ball up, and it hit the bottom of the backboard. <laughs> but the very next play, CP3 feeds him as he's streaking down the lane, and he gets a huge dunk. Like, he's just he's just a bundle of fun, Andrew. He I just is. love watching him. He's, he's you never know awesome. what's going to happen game to game. <laughs> I know. And he was really good in spots. And his he's really got to figure out some things on his drives. Because when he's driving, well, he gets himself he gets himself in some trouble. And I, you know what? I want him making these mistakes. I want him getting the opportunity, one, to make the mistakes and to drive uh, and to go back to the tape. Cause I, and this is where... I think Billy's good at this, but I also think having a guy like Chris Paul in there, uh, who is a vocal leader, saying like, "Okay, this is this is what you did wrong. Here's what you can do in those moments." And he even there was a moment where he drove and saw that he was hitting a brick wall, basically, because uh, Orlando's packing the paint. They weren't letting him get straight to the rim, and he did um, kick the ball out for a three. I can't remember who it was too. I think um, it was Schroeder. Yes. Yeah, that that. Yeah, I, I was going to say, like, I actually thought we started to see some growth because he, he started driving and you're like, oh, man, is he going to try to jump over all three of these guys? Because there's just three magic players right in front of him. Mm-hmm. And and you could see him think of it and then immediately stop and then look out and he hit Dennis for the three, which I thought that was great. Yeah, it was great. He's growing right before our eyes. Mm-hmm. He hasn't played professional basketball in over a year. <laughs> I know. And well, had- even not professional, but you know. Yeah. Now, and he had that, there's a specific play where he did a pass fake, and I think it was Aminu that just completely fell for it, and he just went right past him all the way to the rim. Um, no, 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 that was the play, that was the, the kick-out play. Was it? Um, no, because he had another, like, uh, he had another layup that was really nice, mm-hmm. where he, like, went up and under a guy. Yeah, he's he's but, good, man. Like, he's he's going to be a really good offensive player when the game will slow down for him a little bit and he can have a couple go-to moves and his three is looking at this point good enough and if you have a guy like chris paul that's saying you know i'm passing the ball to you because i know that you can make these and i just want you to shoot it and i don't want you to think about it i just want you to shoot it uh, i think that says something and you know i think there's part of all thunder fans are kind of worried about having chris paul on this team you know what's he gonna How's he going to handle this? How how's this going to be for these younger guys? Uh, it turns out like he's 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 done a lot of good things for these guys already, and I think I think he'll be here all year, and I think that's not the worst thing in the world for this squad and for those guys in particular. Uh, to oh, get you're a, talking about Chris Paul. Mm-hmm. I thought you were talking about Baisley. I was like, of course he is. Yeah, I'm talking about Chris being here all year to oh, yeah. 
I mean, he's basically a coach on the floor for guys like SGA and Baisley. More so Baisley. Because um, SGA, they have a fun chemistry. And they were kind of showing that in the locker room the other night. Uh, but yeah, I think that they were they were super good tonight. And I was not expecting them to gel this quickly. Because if you go back and look at them against the Wizards and how disjointed they were and how nothing was flowing and how everybody looked bad, uh, really, except for Shea that night, you're just like, oh boy, like this really is just going to be the Shea show, right? (laughs) And here we are, game seven, it's like, oh, okay, they kind of figured some things out against one of the better defenses in the league. Um, I asked for some uh, Twitter questions. Oh, you did? I did not know. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't uh, tag you on it. Oh, sorry. Wow, thanks a lot. <laughs> well, uh, do you, do you want to answer some of them? Sure. First one from at Kev underscore VH. Thoughts on the rocket season so far? <laughs> Great question, Kev. It's a it's a really good question from Kev. Uh, I, it, I do feel like it's kind of the calm before the storm because this is either going to go like one of two ways. Yeah. Because we all know what happened last year. I had a field day. I was loving it. It was great. But then James Harden went on like a historic run. Mm-hmm. And I had to shut up about the Rockets for months. <laughs> so I'm holding off a little bit because they're still like they're, they're, good, they're good enough and there's some things that could change, like Eric Gordon could just stop being awful, and they would probably win a lot of these games a lot more comfortably. But if we're looking to like, uh, oh, this is a little different than last year, the two big things is, one, you don't have the scapegoat in Mellow this year. Yeah. Unless that scapegoat is Russ, in which case like they can't do what they did to Mellow to Russ, obviously, because of the contract. Yeah. Uh, and I'm not saying it's it's like that, but... Like, if they wanted to scapegoat Russ, they can't do it. Mm-hmm. So they, they don't have that obvious move for chemistry or whatever that was. And then they also don't have the Jeff Bezdelic move I know. in their pocket. Because he's, uh, he's with the Pelicans now. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what the obvious change is going to be over the next month or so outside. Because that kind of leads into, you know, December 15th when Maury might make some trades. But... I don't know what like the obvious move is right now. Uh, I I don't know either. And they're sitting Russ for for rest as if like they're a team that's like got it together, and they can <laughs> <laughs> and they're allowed to do that. Like, shouldn't they be? Shouldn't you want all the rust minutes you can get right now to figure this thing out? I mean, you're just going to take a break for a night. You think? And he didn't play that many minutes in his minus forty six game, anyways. Right. So I don't I don't know. I think things could get way worse, so I am patiently waiting. I'm holding back a little bit, you know. Yeah. I'm dabbling. I'm dabbling with my Rockets hate. But it hasn't gone all the way off the rails and I think there's a chance. I still think there's like a 10% chance it really could go off the rails. Yeah. No, I I I think that that's definitely possible. Um yeah, Russ He's he's put up good numbers, Westbrook has for the most part, except for that one game. Uh, but the Westbrook Harden pairing uh, has not gone great. They have a, a negative five point nine net rating, 
and a defensive rating of a, of 112.3, offensive rating of 106.5 when they've been on the court together so far. Hmm. So it has not it has not gone well to this to this point. Um so I I don't know. I don't know what I don't know what to think about that. And that's really the whole starting lineup it has not played well together so far. Uh, I think the best net rating is uh, James Harden and Daniel House that have played Daniel that have played significant minutes, and they looked good the other night with Russ sitting. Uh, ben McLemore was getting a ton of love on Rockets Twitter, uh, but anyways, it's uh, I am I, also holding back because. Yeah. It's early. I mean, it's really, really early, but I always questioned how Russ and the Rockets would play ultimately, and it's more so not questioning. I think they'll win a lot of regular season games. Like, I'd be really, really surprised if they didn't win 50 games this season. I'd be, I'm, I would still be surprised, even in what we've seen in their first seven games. I'd still be very surprised if they didn't win 50 plus games. But playoffs. They could be out in round one. They could be out in round two. I would actually probably... I'd be surprised if they made the conference finals. Like, I would be pretty surprised if they did, just because I just don't see it. I don't... I don't I don't see this team getting past some of these teams in the Western Conference. Yeah, but in the near term, like, their next five, Golden State, Chicago, New Orleans, the Clippers without Kawhi on ESPN, and then Indiana. So they could easily win. They could go 5-0 and oh in their next... Five. The Clippers without Kawhi. Yeah, Kawhi is going to sit for the ESPN game, and he's going to play in the TNT game. Oh, do they? They've already said that. Yeah, he's going to play the second night of the back-to-back against Portland. Oh, so too bad for Portland. Huh. Yeah, not thrilled with that. I drafted him. Uh, <laughs> fantasy. Okay. Uh, Ed. JGG512, beyond the obvious differences, lack of isolation plays, increased passing. What is one discernible difference you see in this Thunder that you hope continues moving forward? Anything I, jump out to you? By the way, their increased passing, I went to look it up. So it didn't include tonight's game because it hasn't updated yet, but it's 50 extra passes per game mm-hmm. on average mm-hmm. between last year and this year. It's like 240 versus 290 per game. Yeah, they're like a middle of the middle of the pack passing team now. They're not. Yeah, right. Yeah. So it's not it's not a lot. Um, I think tonight, as we've seen this team gel a little bit, I think it's they don't have they don't have a one guy yet. I think Shea could become this guy, but the obvious difference is when the game's on the line and it's it's time to win. It was always okay. It's this is Russ's time to take over, or this is Paul's time to take over, this is Kevin's time to take over, and that's what it's been since we have watched basketball in Oklahoma City. And I think we saw tonight that the the plan is it's different. It's Shea in the corner. It's Stephen at the rim. It's Chris, you know, close to the rim off a really nice pass from Stephen. Like that's how they finish games. And it's going to be dictated by matchups. It's going to be dictated by passing, which is what they did tonight. And not so much, we believe that our players are so much better than yours, and we're going to let them prove it. And for the most part, they did on a regular basis. And so 
I think that some of that's coaching. I think some of that's IQ that's on the floor. Uh, I didn't mention Gallo. Like Gallo's another guy that's going to hit shots for this team, and he did tonight. And so uh, I think those are the biggest differences. And also, I have not seen a lack of effort from this team. They've been bad in spots and disjointed, but it's not because of a lack of effort. And last year, there were so many times where you watch the game and you're like, they're not trying. Like, they're just not trying. And they don't care. Like, they don't care about this game in the middle of the season. They don't care. I mean, all of March last year, I feel like you're like, I was taking crazy pills watching that team. Like, like, do they care? Do they care about putting together, like, a good stretch run for the playoffs? And I know Paul's hurt. That's great. But what about everybody else? You know? There were so many games where it was like, okay, they just didn't get up for this game. And then they just, you know, Russ just had to try to will them to win in the last five minutes of the game, which was not fun to watch, you know. And I don't think that we've seen a lack of effort from this crew so far. Uh, and, you know, the lack of effort, I a lot of times place firmly on the shoulders of the coaching staff because you think, like, that's, you know, part of their job is to make sure these guys are ready uh and i don't and i'm not saying like this is russell or this is paul or this is whoever uh but there's obviously a a culture of we're just going to show up we're going to win because of the names on the back of our jerseys and i think that that became a problem um in oklahoma city and i it's clearly not a problem now i think we see consist we've seen consistent effort from start to finish in every game now they're three and four, so we're not talking about like a team that's winning a ton of games and that's gonna win a ton of games. But I haven't watched any of these games and thought, oh boy, like this team is garbage. Uh, I thought they were disjointed against the Wizards. I didn't think that they weren't trying hard. I thought they just weren't very good that night. But I didn't think like, man, they don't they don't care and they don't they don't want this, you know. So I think that that's another difference because I did think the last two years uh, with those. Those two Thunder theme Thunder teams, I just thought, man, like I don't they don't want it. Like they don't want to win this game. They don't care about it. And then also, Andrew, uh, why don't you go ahead and give your quick Luigi's Mansion review? Well, the last Luigi's Mansion game I played was on the GameCube. Is that what you we're played it? To? Oh yeah, man. Oh really? Yeah, of course. Yeah, we'll give a review of that one. Uh <laughs> it's great. Uh, Luigi's uh, hollering for Mario uh, was was, yes. was wonderful. The creativity behind the vacuum cleaner, um, yes, uh, very fun, uh, very fun game. Have not you, have not played anything after the GameCube version. Do you resonate more with Mario or Luigi? I feel like you're more of a Mario guy. Definitely more of a Mario guy. Uh, but I, <laughs> it's funny. My kids were Mario and Luigi for halloween and my my older son was luigi because he's taller and it's like that's just how this is it sorry man he's like ah he's like i'm definitely more of a mario and i'm like i know what like you're gonna have to really like you're gonna have to suck it up for this one son because i and i understand he's like no one he's like no one like everybody loves mario the games all of them are called mario yeah that's why luigi has such bad anxiety yeah. Maybe if people showed a little bit more respect to Luigi, who can jump <laughs> higher than his brother, who's taller 
than his short squat little brother. You know? Yeah. But my it was funny because my seven year old son like really was like, Dad, I honestly don't want to be Luigi. Like I want to be Mario. <laughs> it's probably it, I think people think that Mario's an alpha male and that Luigi's a beta male. I think that's true. I think that's true. I think that's exactly what my son was trying to say is that he's no wow. beta. Well, wait till he sees Luigi's Mansion 3 when Luigi can basically poop out another version of himself made entirely of goo what? called Gooigi. <laughs> and Gooigi can go through grates. So tell him to check that out. See what Go he through what? Grates. You know, like grates. Grates. Grates? Grates. Like on the wall, a grate. I don't know. A, a, like a vent? A vent. Okay. Yeah, a grate. <laughs> okay all right okay uh next question from known loser taylor two cents hey what's up fellas i've been thoroughly enjoying this pressureless season tonight how has your first two weeks of the season been i still like it when they win andrew i still really want them to win i mean i mean i really do like tonight i really wanted them to win this game I was pumped too because it looked good doing it. Mm-hmm. Although, except for that stretch, like halfway through the third quarter to like the beginning of the fourth quarter, when no one on either team made a shot. But other than that, like at the end of the game, Chris Paul hit a three. I was cheering. I was excited. I was up. So I, I still want them to win. Yeah, yeah, I do too. Uh, even though I don't know this this season is just going to be weird. Really, I'm. I want them to win until Gallo's gone, right? And yeah, then, but then I'm gonna then I'm gonna start feeling like antsy about is Chris Paul angry at the world? No, Chris knows. I mean, he knows. He's a smart guy. He knows. He knows what's up. I, I don't. I don't think that he's under the impression that he's gonna be dealt this season. Yeah, I really, I really don't. I th- I think the team, I think Chris, I think the organization, everybody's understands the position that this team is in. And you know, I think Gallinari is going to play himself onto a team like the Blazers that could really use him. And I think the Thunder are going to do whatever they can to maximize that asset. And at this point, you know, what other game-changing forwards are out there? Um, Kevin Love is probably the only other one. And he's a lot more expensive and harder to trade for. A lot more expensive. And And, and a much bigger commitment. Yeah, and the Cavs value him a whole lot and would expect to get a whole lot back. And, you know, maybe you'd wish that Gallo had an extra year on his contract. So I think that would make him a little bit more valuable to a team like the Blazers. But the Blazers could extend him. You know, and they could get him in the offseason. They could keep him. So, uh, I don't know. I, I, I think until until Gallo's gone, I think that it's it's easy to root for this team to win because you know they can. You know, I think that they can play with just about anybody. I don't think they can. I don't think they can beat everybody. I don't think they like. I don't think they're gonna make the playoffs or anything like that. But. Man, you I know do, a team. I do think they could play with just about anybody. Go, going back to like the the relative trade market value of mm-hmm. Gallinari, I think one thing the Thunder has going for it is that the West feels a lot more wide open this year. Yeah, 
even even more wide open than we thought in the preseason because obviously the two LA teams are good but you know I was just looking at the Suns who are currently starting Dario mm-hmm. like if they had Gallo on that team that'd be pretty good uh yep yeah and and, it, and if they thought they had a legit shot to make the playoffs like how how could they not go after a big fish like that <laughs> they they haven't made the they haven't made the playoffs in a decade I know same with the Timberwolves, actually. He would be great next to Towns. He'd be great next to Towns. Who? What's their trade look like to Minnesota? Oh, man. Even the Mavericks. I know. There's I, just so many teams. Every team could use Gallo. I just had the Mavs pulled up. I mean, Utah. They, oh, my gosh. Every team. <laughs> that would be a perfect fit. How does Utah get him, though? I don't know. I'm just saying. There's all these teams who... Or who either are way overperforming or like probably don't feel as good about their team as they wanted to. Mm-hmm. Boom! You just Gallo is an easy fix for everything. Yeah, I mean he's he's a classic spur as well, dude. If Mozgov could get two first round picks in the middle of the season, <laughs> we deserve at least two first round picks. Two? Can you imagine? I actually, I mean, I would not be surprised if Sam pulled that off just because Sam can do that. And he's, what he did this past summer looks even more amazing the further we get away from it. So he got, he got what for, for Russell? You know, he got what for Paul George? I mean, it's, it's crazy looking back at it now. You know, especially with the way the season started where you, Paul George doesn't play at all. And I know that that story is yet to be written. And then, if Russell and and James don't work and they have a negative net rating for the season and they lose in round one and the Rockets are stuck with his contract, I mean, what, how do you trade? I mean, how do you trade Russell again? You know, I don't, I, I don't think that there were many offers for Russell Westbrook out there. I don't think the Thunder had many options. And... I don't think the Thunder particularly wanted to deal him to Houston, and I don't think that Houston particularly wanted uh, Russell Westbrook to come to their team either. I think that that's, and it's been well documented, that it's that was a James Harden thing. Uh, Brian Windhorst has said it like four times on his podcast in the last two weeks, that that was a James Harden deal. And if that doesn't work, how do you, how do you trade Russell when he's making $40 million for the next three years? I mean, I think that's a, that's a tough one. Yep. Well, good luck to them. Good, good luck to them. Uh, I don't um, even remember what the question was. I don't know how I got there. Oh, uh, don't even know. Oh, nope. Still don't know. Okay. <laughs> from Cody Mick chicken underscore. If you're making homemade biscuits for breakfast, never done it. Mm-hmm. Would you rather eat it with butter and jelly mm-hmm. or eggs, cheese, and your choice of meat? Ooh. Uh, the question is, what beverages do I have available to me? Um, Jaeger. <laughs> Jaeger only. <laughs> only Jaeger. But it's been in the freezer. <laughs> If why, I, why do people do, is that uh, is there a reason to do that i have no idea 
That's the only place I've ever seen Jaeger in people's freezers when I go over their house. Yeah, I've I've, I've never purchased Jaeger. I have no me neither. No clue. No clue. Uh, if I have a really really good orange juice available, like hand squeezed orange juice, or I don't know if you've if you've seen this, but Sam's Club has this orange juice machine. It's only at the Sam's over on May Avenue. And it makes the most delicious orange juice you could ever have. It's really, it's a very expensive orange juice, but it's worth it every time. Does it, it does it squeeze them in front of you? It's, it's yeah, the machine squeezes it, and it's oh man, it is oh, so good. And if I had the, that, I'd give me the egg and egg and cheese, uh, bacon egg and cheese biscuit. There is something the fresh squeeze thing is real. It's I went real. To this yeah, there's there's a place in uh, Portland called McMenamins, and they own like. 15 places and it's not very good i don't really enjoy their food but the places like the actual buildings are cool like they'll buy an old elementary school and like every classroom is a separate bar oh but their one specialty is the greyhound which i don't even drink mixed drinks but it's a fresh squeezed grapefruit with vodka yeah and it is so good and they squeeze it right in front of you i gotta get one of those things See, the fresh squeezed orange juice is real. So if I've got that, give me the bacon, egg, and cheese. If I've just got like a cup of coffee, I'll take the butter and jelly. What if you've got a, a eight ounce glass full of just pulp, and then you <laughs> and then you put it under tap water and fill it up the rest of the way with water? No, 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 never. Hmm. I'm out on that. Interesting. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, I would only do the eggs. I would just have the eggs. I can't do cheese. I'm sorry. And my choice of meat. What's your What's your choice? What's your choice of meat? Choice of meat for uh, for a biscuit. Yeah. Um, uh, I'd probably go bacon. Yeah. Um, I, I do like sausage patties. Yeah, yeah. And, and I'm thinking in my head, could you could you roll up the biscuit if you had a sausage link, make a little Sammy? I'd consider that as well. <laughs> Okay. Um, okay. At Prime Nerland says everyone knows. Everyone, Andrew knows that shooting below five percent from three is when you bench a player. Do yep. you think OKC will stick to this universal policy with Muscala? I mean, it, they're doing such a disservice to my guy Deontay right now. I mean, like they're you're giving minutes to Mike, and because he's supposed to be able to shoot, he's missed. 18 of 19 threes to start the season. Uh, why don't you, one, save the man some embarrassment, please. Like, stop embarrassing him. And also, play play Deontay. He's, you gave him a multi-year deal? Play him. Yeah. Play, play the boy. Let him play. He can play three positions. I mean, he can stand out there and clank threes. Like, let him do it. Um, I disagree with you. I, uh, I want to see where this Moscala road <laughs> takes us. <laughs> uh, could a person shoot 5% from three for an entire year? I don't know. Why don't we find out? Okay. What, why, why we just want to let this go? Just play him four minutes of night. He'll take one three. He'll either make it or not. And it could become something really fun that we could track. <laughs> Like, it would just get so sad. Where it came like seventy six. It's like, well, 
But I feel like if you dole it out just one three at a time, one per game, you almost don't even notice it. Just like, oh, that's Mike's three for the game. Yeah. I was trying to figure out tonight watching him because there was one there was one point in the game where he passed up a three. If he if he had shot it, if he had catched the ball, caught the ball, and known he wanted to shoot a three, he could have gotten a shot off. But he didn't even look and he no. immediately passed off. And I was trying to decide if that makes me more angry or if him missing a three. And I think I just want to – I'd rather see him miss threes. Let's miss threes all year. Yeah. Fire away. Fire away, Mike. I still want to see more Deontay, obviously. Um, okay, last one from George Naked Bum. Naked Bum. Uh, <laughs> he's wanting to know, uh, over under for November, before the season started, many said it would be tough test month this season. Mm-hmm. Is that still valid? So let's just go over real quick because they're off to a 2-0 and start, Andrew, in the month of November. Yeah. So their next like 10-ish games to round out the rest of the month, San Antonio, yep. the Warriors, Bucks, Pacers, Sixers, Clippers, Lakers, Lakers, Warriors, Blazers, Pelicans. So that stretch in there that's like Sixers and then the two LA teams three games in a row. Yeah. That's going to be tough. Yeah, I think also part of what we thought would be tough is that I thought Golden State would be at least a good team. That's true, and we're getting two games against them this month. And also Indiana, too. Indiana has not been good. And I thought they'd be better than this. They're also missing Miles Turner. Um, So... And also the Pelicans, no Zion. They were so they were putrid in OKC the other night. I mean, they were really, really bad. And so, and also the the Blazers don't look great. The Blazers, the, the Blazers beat the Thunder, but they didn't look good doing it. Dame looked good in the last two minutes. Everything else looked horrid for them. So a lot of these teams are not getting the starts that we thought they would. Um, and so, does it look as difficult? No. Um, but still, like this, still is the di- most difficult part of their schedule coming up. And okay, so, so if they can survive they, this, it's. I still don't think they'll make the playoffs, but I think that they could be a thirty-five win team. So they're two and zero in the month of November. They've got thirteen games total, so eleven games to go. Where would you set their over under at? Oh, I'd still, I'd still say if they. Escape. I'd still say like six and a half, which is low. Yeah, that's where I was gonna say. Like if they're five hundred ish, if they're at slightly above or slightly below five hundred, then they've that would be like coming out of this month unscathed, you know? Right, because that would, even if they were under that, like a six and seven record in this month is pretty good. Yeah, because I mean, I think they'll probably lose at San Antonio. San Antonio is still good because they will just always be good. Um, do you think if Lamarcus Aldridge just stopped playing basketball today, how many how many people would notice? Um, I wouldn't. The the honestly, the only time I thought about him was tonight. Did you see that play, the the Trey Young play? Uh-uh. He. I guess it was a crossover, but basically he like penetrated, then brought the ball back to the three-point line, and he did it two times in a row, and LaMarcus bit on it both times. 
And so he was just like jumping back and forth and looked really old and sad. <laughs> oh, no. And then Trey just blew past him and had like a great pass to a guy in the middle of the lane. So, yeah, I don't even think about him anymore. Yeah, I've, I barely think about DeRozan anymore. I know. Like, that's it's it's where like these like middling stars go to die is in San Antonio yeah. now. Like Rudy Gay, <laughs> DeMar DeRozan, LaMarcus Aldridge. I, I can't Aldridge. Rudy Gay still in the league because it felt like I he know. was teetering on the edge a few years ago. I know. Especially after the Achilles tear. And he's just chugging along. Yep. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think realistically, like they beat Orlando, that's good. They'll probably lose to San Antonio. You'd hope they'd beat Golden State at home, so there's three wins. Uh, Milwaukee, they'll lose to Milwaukee at Indiana. I'd say because it's on the road, they'll lose, but they could win that game. Indiana's not very good. Like they just don't have a very good team right now. Um. This is kind of interesting. When you look at the schedule, you know it has the uh, StubHub or whatever it is, the tickets. And it says tickets as low as for each game. So for like the game at San Antonio, tickets as low as four bucks, you know? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Even uh, uh, against Philly, tickets as low as eight dollars. At LA, tickets as low as $55. Oh, wow. Makes sense. But then at Golden State, tickets as low as $55. Oh wow, they're that not going to be right. They're not going to be able to sell. Like who's who there is going to want want to watch Golden State OKC? People from Oakland who don't want to probably drive over. <laughs> I know. Um, I'm at four wins right now. If I give them Indiana, so the Clippers they lose, the Lakers they lose, the Lakers they lose. Uh, at Golden State they could win that one. That's five. At Portland I don't think they can win that one. And then they have New Orleans at home. New Orleans at home again. They could win that one. That's six. Yeah. So they probably won't win all the games I said they would, and they probably won't lose all the games I said they would. But I think around six games, I think is, you know, six and a half, I think is a great number, actually. Five and a half, six and a half, whatever it is, right around there, I think is, I think it would be disappointing. Now, if they trade Gallo tomorrow, I think that all changes. But as as constructed, if they can get through this month at at around five hundred, I think that then they have a chance to to be a team. You know, come December, January, we're like, oh, could the Thunder actually do blah 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 blah? You know, and then they trade Gallo, and then they won't. But yeah, yeah. Did you listen to the? Uh I know you didn't. This uh, Steve Kerr, Bill Simmons interview. No, no, because you, you know he's doing his book of basketball 2.0. Yes, I've all seen in podcast form. Is it a? Can you call it a book? Is it a book? Uh, no, it's not. Are we doing it's, a book? Is this a book? <laughs> yeah, we're doing a book. Okay. <laughs> uh, it, it was it was interesting though, and I I, I thought. The, the thought I had after listening to it, there's a bunch of stuff about KD that I was just, he, he actually was very upfront about KD. Okay. Um, in terms of like when it changed and like when the coaches noticed that like something's different about this team. Uh huh. Um, but they were talking about, you know, the secret you, you've yeah. read the book of basketball, yeah. the idea yeah. that like the secret to basketball is that it's not about basketball. Mm-hmm. It's about like the chemistry and all of that. 
And they were saying how much difficult it is in modern times because of so much player movement, yeah. which I agree with. I mean, you look at a team like the Clippers, who've like completely changed their identity by bringing in these two megawatt stars, and they might only be there for like two or three seasons. Like we mm-hmm. don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but it made me think, like the way to build an identity, which is why I think it's so important that OKC is doing it the way they're doing it, is to build through the draft. Because I think about the teams over the past five to ten years that I just know like their identity is like ingrained in my mind and it's teams like the Blazers because they drafted Dame and CJ like that gave them an identity obviously the Warriors are like the number one because they drafted all those guys yep Um, but even a team like Philly like they're, they're defined by the players that they drafted and those players like Joel Embiid has given that team an identity that wouldn't be there if he if they just brought him in you know, when it his like age 27 year yeah. after he played for some other team. So I just, I'm excited about the future of OKC because we are going to be focused on the draft. We are going to get to see a group of young guys grow together again. And I think that's where you get the identity that makes watching basketball fun. Yeah, there's no doubt. And I, and I think that, I think that, or I'm hoping that the organization understands that that's how you build like the fan base back up. Like this is how, and I think that the, there is going to be some pain that's going to happen through the rebuild. But the fact that you get to start with two young guys like uh, SGA and Baisley, and you know Diallo's in there too. He's fun. I don't. I don't know how much of a piece he is for the future. Ferguson, the same thing. Like I think Ferguson might be a guy that's just might flourish better on a on a good team where all he has to do is catch and shoot and defend and he's not asked to do anything else. And so not that he couldn't do that here in OKC. I think he could. Um, But I just don't know if he's long for this team, but I do think that having guys like SGA and Bays that can go forward, both are unselfish players, both tremendously talented, obviously SGA a lot more than Baisley, but both you can build around them in kind of interesting ways. And so I think moving forward this next year, I think they'll have a lottery pick. The year after that, they'll have a lottery pick. They'll have two. And then they've got, and who knows what they're going to get. I would assume that they're going to get more first-round picks. I think they'll get one for Gallo. I, I hate to say this. I think there's a chance they get a first-round pick or two, or I don't know what they could. I really don't know what the market would be for Steven Adams, but I wouldn't be surprised if they cashed, cashed him in at some point as well. Uh, and you just try to build. You try to build this team, and it starts with Shea. And I, I think the team is really lucky that they got Shea because I think that a lot of people are noticing how good he is. And it's kind of somebody that you can latch onto immediately, really even before the rebuild begins. Because next year, we're going to see a lot of Shea, and hopefully even a better version of him next year than we're seeing today. Uh, and he's already a really good player. I mean, if I told you before the season that Shea is going to average, you know, 22 points per game this season. I think that you would have told me I was crazy, right? Especially because it's not like he's dominating the game. Like, he's not – my voice just cracked so bad. (laughs) Uh, It's not like he's dominating the game in a way that we've seen, like, young players on bad teams do. Yeah. It's not like he's just soaking up all these possessions. Mm -hmm. Like, he's playing within the game and still getting – over 20 points every game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's the part that's surprising to me. 
Yeah. Because, you know, like Colin Sexton, who's on my fantasy team, can't stand him. <laughs> like, he's going out there and putting up high teens or low 20s every single night, but it is a different type of game he's playing. Yeah. Like, Shea's playing a version of basketball that I can foresee being a winning version of basketball, like when he is a little bit older and this team's a lot more mature with whoever comes in. Yeah. And I think you have to also, yeah, and you have to remember that, and and people think like, oh, the the Thunder formed this team, you know, with Sam Presti guys, which are athletes that can't play basketball. And it's, no, like, Sam went after those guys because he thought those guys fit best next to Westbrook and Durant. And that's why he went after those guys. Uh, Sam came from the Spurs, like he came from like the the beautiful brand of basketball, and like that's the that is the version of basketball that Sam likes best is guys that can shoot it, they're moving the ball. Uh, that's the basketball that they want to play, and I think that you'll see, and you know he'll draft whoever he thinks is best, you know, and that may be another Westbrook type of guy. I have no idea. We have no clue who these guys are going to be, um, but I think if if they have a chance to do it over again, I think they would like to have more skilled players. And I think that's what you, that's what we see with a couple of these young guys is like, they're extremely skilled. I think Baisley is extremely skilled. Uh, and I think they would like to have more skilled players at every position. And so, and that's where, you know, positionless basketball comes in. I think that if Gallo, you know, if they could draft Gallo in this next draft and he was 20 years old, I think they would love to. You know, have a guy like that, that six foot eight, that can, you know, really shoot it, that can handle, that can do all these things. I think that's the kind of player they'd like to have. And so uh, I'm interested to see who they draft moving forward, what that looks like, how this team starts to form a little bit. And we may not have like a real four, like fully functional team for three or four years. Um, But I'm interested to see what the process looks like. So. Um, you're right. It's going to be fun. I think that it's going to be fun. And the fact that they have Shea as a starting point, along with all these assets, is huge. Because most teams that are rebuilding are, they look like Charlotte. And it's like, I mean. Hey, oh, you mean four and three Charlotte? <laughs> I do mean Take four. Take that back. I do mean four and three Charlotte. But what I mean by that is, who's, who are you building around on that team? Devontae Graham. Yeah. 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 That's what I'm, I mean, yeah, Devontae Graham. That's it. Hey, if, if the playoffs started today, Andrew, all right, that's all I'm saying. That's all I'm going to say. Hey, all, all I'm going to say is that the Pacers lost to those Hornets and yeah. uh, overtime. No, known loser TJ Warren thir- led, the, led the Pacers with 33 Ooh. points. So just throwing that out there, everybody. And if you're looking for, hey, the, for the emptiest stats in the NBA, look no further than, than TJ Warren. Before we go, uh, I've, I've slowly started getting into draft coverage already. Yeah. You know? And the Stepien, if you've never visited the Stepien, first you've got to figure out how to spell it. But if you go to that website, there's like all these draft geeks that they put up their preseason you know, top whatever. And they, they, they do a tier system. But the reason why I wanted to bring it up, because I was just scrolling through the names just so I can like learn some of these guys. And uh, James Wiseman, who is, at least like from ESPN's point of view, is like the obvious number one pick next year. Mm-hmm. 
to a man, Andrew, on the Stepien, all had him rated at like 18 overall. <laughs> which like, I thought, which is why I love the Stepien. I know. Because those guys, like, I don't know if they do it on purpose, but I, I like to imagine that they just truly believe, like, this is, this is who we think people should take. And they're being honest with themselves, but they always, like, come up with interesting rankings. And you go back over the years, and they have picked out some really, like, it, they picked out guys who went either in the late first or the second round that ended up being really good, and they would have them like way higher than anyone else. Yeah, yeah. So I, I'm starting to look at that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. You go back to 2018 draft, which is the furthest it goes back for them. I mean, they had Luca in a tier all by himself, which makes sense now watching this season. They had tier two only Jaron Jackson. Tier three yes. is Trey Young, Wendell Carter, DeAndre Ayton. And then it kind of, I mean, there's no Shea yet. I mean, if you redo this, like Shea is pro, is in tier three probably at this point. And you probably just don't, you, he's in tier two. I think that you include him with the Jaron Jacksons, the Trey Youngs, the Wendell Carters, DeAndre yeah. Ayton. Um, yeah, it's, in, it's, it is interesting what they've got here. They do have uh, DeAnthony Melton as the 12th overall guy. <laughs> I remember they loved DeAnthony <laughs> Melton. Uh, Kevin Kevin Herter at 13 is good. Like that's higher than than he went. Shea at 15 doesn't doesn't look su- super great. <laughs> but but you can definitely like I feel like they're a good bellwether for who the smart NBA guys are going to be. Yeah. In the draft cuz you go to last year's and like they had Zion in Tier 1. Then they're Tier 2, John Morant, Jarrett Culver, R.J. Barrett, and Brandon Clark. Mm-hmm. I feel like Brandon Clark was definitely an NBA smart guy at last year's draft. Oh, they love Brandon Clark. Yeah, the Stepien's fun. I think it is it is a good... It's If you're trying to like... I think there's a lot of groupthink when it comes to the draft. And I think it's been... I think it's gotten better through the years... I think there's some drafts, you know, five or six years ago where it's like, man, it doesn't look like anybody knew what the heck they were doing. Um, but I think it's gotten better in recent years. But if you're all, if you're looking for something to kind of knock you off of the, the group think on these players, the Stepien's great. Cause I think they just honestly just look at it and they're like, yeah, I really like DeAnthony Melton and I don't care if nobody else is talking about him. Like, I think that guy's good. And I think. It's it is a good it's a good way to kind of balance some stuff out for you at least in your head to make you think twice about some of these guys. Plus, it's free and I can't read Draft Express anymore. So, right. <laughs> so I should just pay for it. I know I should just pay for it. I mean, you should. Yeah, I should. It's worth it. Uh, Alex, thanks for coming on the show today. We can follow you on Twitter at Al Babycakes. You can follow me on Twitter Andrew K Schlecht. We'll follow our podcast on Twitter at Down to Dunk. Leave us a five star iTunes review. We're getting closer. I think we have like 22 five-star reviews left until we get to 1,000, which is just a cool number, and it would be very helpful to us. I know there are a lot of you out there that still uh, have not done that. It's a very simple process. If you have an iPhone, it it will take you less than a minute to do it. So all you have to do is hit five stars. If you want to leave a message to us, that's great. I read them. Uh, It's very much appreciated. Again, if you're international... Uh, send me a screenshot. Somebody sent me one today from Australia. That was super nice. Uh, so continue to do that. Let's get to a thousand. Uh, we'll talk to you guys again on Friday with the Fry Pod guys. <laughs>